0: what's going on family happy monday and welcome to another edition of the faction quick hits. I'm your man G.B. Gerard Bonner and I hope you guys are doing well. We had a very, very full weekend of pro wrestling and we'll get into some of that. Well, I know what we'll get into and you do too. First of all, thank you for hanging out with us here on The Faction. In the many ways that you can do that via social media, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, that is wildly appreciated. Also, all of you who spend time with us here via podcast as well, it is wildly appreciated. So thank you so much very much if you're not doing either it's super easy to do follow us on the socials at the faction show instagram facebook and twitter and you can also subscribe to our podcast wherever you're currently listening to us right now all right let's dive in now there were two big wrestling shows that happened over the weekend one was progress wrestling and their big return the second was the elimination chamber pay-per-view i'm going to take two different approaches in talking about both and I hope that you will enjoy both of them. We'll do a deep dive into the Elimination Chamber, and we're not necessarily going to review results on Progress, but something else that's more important, I think. So with that said, let's go into Progress first, right? Because I know you're here for Elimination Chamber. So Progress Wrestling, which has been a huge part of the independent wrestling scene in the UK, made their triumphant return over the weekend. And their return is significant for a couple of reasons. Firstly, of course, they were down because of COVID-19 and the global pandemic that impacted the entire sport. But another event impacted the entire sport and perhaps no company was impacted or hit as hard as progress. And that would be during the summertime, the speaking out movement. So in case you may have forgotten, the Speaking Out movement happened in the middle of June, and it was a hashtag that was created on Twitter to really give voice to those who have experienced sexual assault. I don't think anybody intended or expected it to hit the wrestling industry as significantly as it did. But it did, and it really hit hard in the UK. There were folks that were fired from NXT UK. There were folks that were equally fired and released from Progress, including some of the heads of state there at Progress. So Progress ended up shutting down completely, doing no business until they could really decide, okay, how are we going to not just approach COVID correctly, but approach this scenario of ensuring fair treatment in the locker room, and ensuring that the wrestlers who uh, really caused problems there that they didn't even realize would be dealt with. And not just the wrestlers, but behind the scenes as well. So with all the changes comes a brand new presentation for Progress. So if you've watched Progress before, you notice some things immediately. First and foremost, it was not on Progress's streaming network. It was on the WWE Network, which is massive because it marks the first time that the WWE has presented new content from a non-WWE entity on their network. And what do I mean by that? So they've had independent wrestling showing up there, Progress, of course, WXW, Evolve, all of them are currently airing on the WWE Network, but they're all older content right? So you can go back and see certain shows from Evolve. You can go back and see certain shows from WXW and Progress, but none of them are current. So this marked the first new show for Progress and the first time that WWE Network has shown new content from one of their affiliate or independent providers. So that's the first thing. Secondly, if you did not know, Progress has served as somewhat of a Theater, or certainly a big partnership with the wwe network a lot of the major names that you see in the nxt uk brand first found themselves in progress and at times worked in conjunction with progress when progress was doing shows so very interesting i mean names like walter jordan devlin trent seven a lot of the major names all went through progress So, Progress brings us a presentation that looks very, very different. Of course, we're used to seeing them in a packed house. There was no audience, no fans because of what's going on with COVID. They had a new ring announcer, they had new commentators, and they had a slew of new wrestlers in what was called the Natural Progression Series. So what they got the opportunity to do was a very important reboot. Now here's the challenge with reboots and the challenge of having new content on the WWE Network. The beauty of having archived content for progress on the WWE Network is that it gives you an opportunity to familiarize yourself with the past of certain NXT, WWE, or NXT UK superstars. So you get to see matches from, you know, Walter and Trent Seven, Tyler Bate and several others during their progress days. Of course, it also introduces you to what's going on there in the UK scene. Well, now you've got a slew of brand new wrestlers, both male and female. And for those who have not ingratiated themselves in New wrestling territories or new to you wrestling territories, it does take a while at times to familiarize yourself with superstars that are new to you, which could be why a lot of wrestling fans have a hard time watching other presentations of pro wrestling than what they are accustomed to. So if you're a WWE aficionado, you may have a hard time watching New Japan because you're trying to get into, okay, who are these personalities? Why should I know them? Why should I care about them? And sometimes it takes you sitting through not just one show, but multiple shows to understand storylines, to see who you like, who you don't like, if anybody sticks out to you. What adds to that challenge is having an audience with the audience cheering or booing that makes a big difference as does the commentary team who fills in the blank so you're not just looking at what's happening in the ring but they're telling you a story uh, about these wrestlers about their past about what led them to this point why you should care about them that entire combination really means a lot so in my opinion this was a massive challenge for progress to be able to deal with with new content after being gone for nearly a year and being in front of the eyes of the wwe network and not being in the direct eyes of a passionate audience which again marks not just the nxt brand but it marks the progress brand as well with all of that said i definitely think Their new show, Progress, Natural Selection, was a great show. Go back on the WWE Network and check it out. Now, I think if I tell you the results of it, honestly, you may or may not care if you've not watched Progress before. But I do think it's worth you watching to get a look at what the UK scene looks like, to get a look at a new organization and a revised progress. Now, I'll be perfectly honest with you. I've had a chance to watch previous progress shows and what made it hard at times was I was not a fan of the ring announcer. I felt like he cussed too much. I felt like he was way too informal. And uh, I think sometimes he took time to get over and to put himself over and I don't know that that was a good move for the organization but it obviously worked for them there in London because they did very very well so there's a new ring announcer who is a former participant in the NXT UK brand, what I do appreciate about him is that he focuses primarily on announcing who's next in the ring as opposed to filling a lot of backstory. He allows the commentators to do that. So I advise you and I suggest go ahead, check out Progress and their latest show on the WWE Network. I'd love to hear what you think about it. Let us know by way of social media. Now that we've discussed Progress a bit, I'd love to talk about the Elimination Chamber as the road to WrestleMania continues and as we start to get a clearer vision of what WrestleMania can look like. So with that said, as we tend to do, there are going to be spoilers here. So if you've not watched the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view or you don't want spoilers, go ahead and hit the pause button now and come back to this after you've watched if you don't care about spoilers, or if you've already watched, let's dig in to the Elimination Chamber.
1: Mays, congr- oh, yeah. <laughs> congratulations. You don't even need to ask a question. As a matter of fact, go, 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 because this camera is all mine. Understand that I told you so. Whenever someone says, I wasn't thinking on their level, I am a master strategist. I think further than anybody else in all of WWE. I didn't just take respect, I demanded it through all the WWE universe. And I could care less if everybody's on the internet going, Oh, Miz doesn't deserve it. Oh, Miz shouldn't be WWE champion. Cry. Go ahead and cry and keep on doing it because that is the fuel that lights my fire. I am your WWE champion, whether you like it or not. Ten years ago, we had an angry Miz girl, and I hope, and I pray that there are thousands upon thousands, millions of angry Miz girls right here, right now, sopping, weeping, wishing that Drew McIntyre was still their WWE champion. He is not, I am. So this is me saying, I am now content being awesome. See you at WrestleMania or at Monday Night Raw. Whichever I feel like, because I'm champion and I do whatever the hell I want. Uh And if you don't know, now you know. All
0: right, guys, the Elimination Chamber pay per view took place last night, emanating, of course, from the Thunderdome at Tropicana Field there in Tampa, Florida. A full, full show that had a lot going on with it. Now, let's start with the pre show, which featured a fatal four way match to kick things off. That fatal four way match was to determine. the third participant in the Triple Threat U.S. title match which was supposed to feature Keith Lee but Keith Lee is out on injury. The fatal four-way match saw John Morrison defeat Mustafa Ali, which it's still weird calling him that, Elias and Ricochet. So Morrison punches his ticket into the U.S. championship match. On to the pay-per-view we go. We've got an Elimination Chamber match for the number one contendership for the Universal title. Daniel Bryan defeats Kevin Owens, Cesaro, Jey Uso, Sami Zayn, and King Corbin to become the number one contender, only then to have an immediate match with Roman Reigns and be defeated, which I don't know that anybody was surprised by that result. The 24-7 champion Bad Bunny got into a bit of a tussle with The Miz backstage, In the U.S. Championship match, Riddle defeats Bobby Lashley and John Morrison to win the U.S. Championship. Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler defeat Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair to retain the Women's Tag Team Championships. And in the WWE title match, Drew McIntyre retains his championship against Jeff Hardy, Randy Orton, AJ Styles, Kofi Kingston, and Sheamus, only then to have The Miz come out, cash in his Money in the Bank contract, and defeat Drew McIntyre to become the new WWE champion. All right, so let's dive into this whole Elimination Chamber situation. First and foremost, I think we have to raise a conversation about Daniel brian and i know most won't consider daniel Bryan uh in these conversations and we start talking about greatest ever but he has to be considered one of the greatest elimination chamber performers Ever, Let's put some facts and numbers around this. With this win last night, he joins John Cena as only one of three people to have ever had three Elimination Chamber wins. The other being Triple H, who leads everyone with four Elimination Chamber wins. Triple H is the only wrestler with a better winning percentage in the Elimination Chamber as he's won two-thirds of his appearances in there, or four out of six, where Daniel Bryan is right behind him winning 60% of his appearances in the Elimination Chamber. And here, perhaps, is the stat that defines it all. And that is that Daniel Bryan is the only wrestler in the history of this business to successfully defend a world championship inside the elimination chamber, not once, but twice. Triple H didn't do it. John Cena didn't do it only Daniel Bryan did it and so one of the things that when we start talking about great performers we talk about folks who've done amazing things at the Royal Rumble of course we talk about the streak for the Undertaker at Wrestlemania the Elimination Chamber for many is just considered a road to Wrestlemania kind of event even though of course before it became its own pay-per-view it premiered at the Survivor Series now about 19 years ago or so back in 2002 so the question now now becomes do we consider daniel bryan obviously one of the greatest ever based on what the elimination chamber requires and keep in mind he started the match with cesaro so pretty amazing moment. With that said, uh, I hope that he gets an actual fair shot at the Universal Championship. I think it's pretty safe to say now that Edge has declared that he'll be battling Roman Reigns, that Reigns will hold on to the title at least until WrestleMania, making the fast lane pay-per-view, I don't want to say of none effect, but we definitely aren't questioning what the SmackDown side of things will be for the main event for WrestleMania. Interesting stuff. I would have loved to have seen Daniel Bryan get a full fair fight against Roman Reigns. I was a little disappointed because I thought Cesaro might actually win this match and end up in a shot against Roman Reigns, be that as it may. uh, It was a great showing, I thought, for Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan doesn't lose at all um, in terms of his standing, in terms of his footing in WWE, Uh, and I think it builds Roman Reigns as, again, an incredible heel, only a horrible heel who wants power would then set up and create a match scenario like that, right? Like, that's just crazy. Taking a look at the US Championship. I'm actually surprised that Riddle is the champion. As dominant as Bobby Lashley was, I was shocked to see him lose the championship. Of course, he was not pinned, which means there will likely be a rematch between Riddle and Lashley. Maybe we'll even get that triple threat that we were supposed to have. Will it happen at Fastlane? Will it happen at Mania? There's definitely a case for Bobby Lashley getting a rematch for the U.S. Championship. I want to talk about Lashley's involvement in the WWE title match in just a few minutes. So the women's tag team title match, here's what I thought was going to happen. I don't know that I expected Sasha and Bianca to win, though I thought they could win and then have some sort of blow up that would lead to them losing the title, maybe by fast lane that would set up the match that we're all looking for. Uh... I also thought we could have a scenario where there was going to be a heel turn by Sasha during the match reminiscent of, you know, Hogan and Savage several years ago during uh, the main event leading up to their WrestleMania five main event match for the WWE championship. I'm not sure where uh, Reginald the Somalier falls into this side note. Somebody somewhere on an Instagram live said that. I look like Reginald. I don't know what I think about that. I thought it was funny at the time. As I look more at him, I'm not sure. I'd love to hear what you think. Is Reginald a doppelganger or am I a doppelganger for him? I don't know. Let me know what you think on social media. Back to the matter at hand. I'm not sure where this piece is going with him and Sasha. It seems like Carmella is clearly out of the championship picture unless he's really doing some backhanded bidding for Sasha or if this is going to mark kind of him separating from Carmella not sure but this is interesting and the road for sasha and bianca is also very interesting i think i agree with the decision for wwe to just not have a raw women's championship match of course Lacey was supposed to have that match but she is pregnant and you cannot have a pregnant competitor competing for any championship for any reason so Totally understandable there. The WWE Championship match, I thought it was great. I thought Drew McIntyre really established himself as a dominant champion. I definitely thought we'd go into Mania, seeing him as champion, fighting whomever. But this move to have The Miz as champion adds a major wrinkle into the road to WrestleMania. And I do mean a major wrinkle. Because I don't think anybody saw it coming. Um, Yes, they hinted at the fact that he could cash in. But would you really have The Miz walk into WrestleMania given the crazy year we've had as a WWE champion? What are your options here? Well, I think... After what Bobby Lashley did last night, Lashley has to be the one deemed responsible for creating the opportunity for The Miz to become the world champion. So you have to consider Bobby Lashley all of a sudden in the title picture. Naturally, Drew McIntyre should end up in the title picture. But who else can you put in the title picture at WrestleMania with your first event with fans again in the last year? Was The Miz the guy? I don't know and I guess time will tell, I will say this, The Miz certainly is deserving of a championship run given what he did to elevate the Intercontinental Championship a few years ago. I think there's a lot to be said for that. I think it's also interesting that The Miz has won both of his world championships on the heels of a Money in the Bank cash-in. With that said, I think we all would have preferred The Miz cashing in Money in the Bank versus the original winner, Otis. So thank you, whoever is responsible for writing that wrong. So, what this does is this certainly makes us interested in Raw tonight. What's going to happen? Will the Miz grant a championship opportunity to Drew McIntyre tonight? Will it happen at Fastlane? What will be the process to get us to Fastlane for a championship match? Because while we certainly know what's going to happen on the SmackDown side with Edge versus Roman Reigns, which I'll talk about on another show. We don't know what's going to happen with the WWE title, and I think it makes it interesting. And I think we've got enough elements to make WrestleMania must-see TV. With that said, it's time for us to get out of here. I hope you guys have enjoyed today's show. I want to hear your thoughts on the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view. I want to get your thoughts on progress and their return as well. We've got more things we'll be talking about again tomorrow. We've got another look at Black History, and I'm really excited about what that's going to produce for us, along with all sorts of great content happening all week long so i look forward to hearing from you guys on social media at the faction show let us know what you think across all the socials and then on top of that stay subscribed here to our podcast as well until next time it's me and gb gerard bonner representing from a good brother's courtney beard brandon clack and the fourth horseman john murray collectively we're known as the faction have a great day salute my
1: people here we go salute my people